A reading from the book of Genesis. God put Abraham to the test. He called him Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know how now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold me from your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did and not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you will I offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn? Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them, and from the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Right before our gospel scene, Jesus predicts that he will suffer and die. Uh, this would have totally come out of the blue. This, in fact, shocks the apostles so much that Peter did, rejects the, the proposition. Because you see, up until this point, Jesus, even though he's encountered some resistance from the Pharisees, he's been doing such great things, preaching wonderful messages. He's, it's clear he's the Messiah. In fact, Peter confesses, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's kind of like the high watermark of Jesus' ministry. And then immediately after, Jesus says, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. All this is going to go away. Well, not, not really entirely. So it's shocking. Um, and then right after Jesus predicts that, that he's going to die, again, which would have cut them to the bone and really made them think, he tells Peter and James, hey, you guys, come with me. We're going we, we're gonna to go by ourselves on a three-day journey up a mountain. Now, I wonder if Peter, James, and John would have looked at themselves somewhat skeptically. Maybe they would have thought about the story of Abraham and Isaac. I mean, this is such a monumental story. Even though the apostles aren't scripture scholars, they would have they would have known it. So they're thinking possibly to themselves, okay, is this it then? Is, is, is Jesus going to die? Is, is this the end right now when we're going up by ourselves? Or is Jesus going to kill us? Are we called to be like Isaac? And so we see the parallels here. And that's obviously why we have the reading of the transfiguration linked with the sacrifice of Isaac on Moriah, which is uh, the Jerusalem Mount. Peter, James, and John with Jesus go on a three-day journey apart from themselves. Abraham takes two servants and Isaac, so and three companions, apart by themselves on a three-day journey. They both go up a mountain. They're both summoned by God. Now, the beautiful parallel here is they're all obedient. And you see this with Abraham. Three times Abraham says, here I am, here I am, here I am. So when God first calls Abraham, hey, Abraham, sacrifice your son, here I am. And then yeah, when Isaac says, Father, he says, here I am. And then when the angel says, hey, Abraham, stop, here I am. Listens, trusts. Same with the apostles. Even though they're skeptical, okay, what does this mean? Why are we going up this mountain? They follow Jesus. They trust him. And there is, so there is trust in their obedience. They really do believe that God is good. God is faithful. God will provide we see this twice in Abraham. So first, when Abraham, when they get to the base of the mountain, he tells his two servants, he says, you guys wait here, me and the boy, we're going to go up the mountain, we're going to worship, and we're going to come back to you. He says that specifically, we're going to worship up on the mountain, we're going to come back to you. Abraham isn't lying to the two servants. Again, he really believes, he doesn't know how, but he believes that God is going to rectify this situation. And then the second time when Abraham and Isaac, they're going up the mountain, Isaac's got the wood on his back for the, for the fire. Isaac says, Father, yeah, here's the wood, but where's, where's the sheep for the offering? Where's the lamb for the offering? And Isaac says, God will provide the sheep. Again, I, Abraham believes this. He trusts that God will indeed provide the sheep. Now, it's kind of interesting. When the angel stops Abraham from slaughtering his son, Abraham, we hear, looks about, spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went up and took the ram, offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. 
you might think like, hey, is that a typo or is it just like a subtle, you know, unimportant, negligible difference? You know, we thought Abraham was going to sacrifice a a sheep or a lamb versus a ram because uh, there is a difference. A ram is a male sheep, a, a lamb is a young sheep, or a sheep is um, is a female. So why the ram? Well, because God God is going to provide the sheep, but not here in this moment. It's not going to be an animal. It's going to be what? Jesus, the Lamb of God. He's going to be the one sacrificed. So Abraham is almost foreseeing the death of Jesus, you know, 3,000 years later. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is why he's like, hey, I got to die. I am the sheep to be offered in place of Isaac so that you all may live. So this is what the Abraham, again, is trusting here. And he's loving God. And God is faithful. The, Peter, James, and John have a similar trust and obedience and a recognition that God is love. God is faithful. That Jesus doesn't, he's not going to kill Peter, James, and John. He's going to offer himself so that they may live. Okay, so the message as your shepherd here today, the message for you is we're all called to go up that mountain. We're called to make the sacrifice. Every one of us has a burden. Every one of us has a cross to carry. We struggle in some way. And I know it because I've heard it from so many of you. Personal health issues, um, issues with your family, family members, whatever it might be they're going through, their own health, their, their struggles, emotional struggles, their spiritual struggles. Maybe your own issues, problems with, you know, being a member of the church or a member of the United States of America or whatever it is, you all have burdens, okay? God has called you. He summoned you specifically in your struggle to, to journey with him up the mountain. Don't run away. Don't drop the cross or the burden. Uh, don't bargain with God. Say, hey, take this away. You know, I'll do something else for you. You Notice Abraham, Isaac, Peter, James, and John, they don't do any of that. They just, they go silently. They listen. Now the transfiguration, so Jesus doesn't die at this moment. It's just the opposite. It's a, it's a foretaste of the resurrection. It's, it's kind of like getting the end of the, reading to the end of the novel while you're still kind of in the middle of it, or you've recorded a sports game and you find out who won but you're going to watch anyway. So it's like Jesus telling us, hey, we're going to win this thing. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be transfigured as, as kind of a strength for us to carry our cross, but we still got to go up the mountain. Okay, so God will, we don't know exactly how, but in your cross, in your suffering, God is there with you. You're not alone. He's not abandoned you. He's not tortured you. And you will come out glorious, transfigured in the end, if we can persevere. Amen.